This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Talking about the biggest stories of the week, but from my unique perspective as a libertarian and a, a little bit of a deep thinker. And I don't mean that from a philosophical point of view. I mean, this is, uh, I call it deep history. I can't even use the dang expression deep state anymore because the right hijacked it as meaning the left. It's not. It's the people who killed JFK and covered it up. That's the deep state. It doesn't even have to be the people who killed him. Wait, it, you're saying Obama did that? I know. <laughs> yes, and it, when he was four, yeah, he, uh, he covered that up. No, but um, but Obama's grandfather might have, right? I mean, <laughs> didn't didn't he welcome Obama Senior to Hawaii and before? The mother allegedly accidentally met him sitting next to her in class. There's a lot of deep... I'm not saying Obama isn't deep state, but the deep state is not Obama holdovers. But I want to talk about Assange and the two things, but I've got Bobby here on the line, who I know is in a hurry, so I want to get to him. But the the thing about Assange is, is he real? Is Is he the real deal? Or is he a limited hangout, a CIA operative who does some things that are against the government's interests, but really ultimately serves the government's purpose that's one question but then but the more important question is do you like what he's doing do you want to protect people who do what he's doing and i want to talk about that question 800 wsb talk but first i want to go to bobby and whatever bobby wants to talk about hey bobby you are on the air with monica i thought i i thought i heard a news report sometime back where some of our informants in Iran, Afghanistan, Syria, the people helping our CIA, or even maybe some CIA agents have been killed because of the information that he's released. Is that true? Uh, is that not? Do you, and if it is true, how can I pray? I've got some co-workers that think he's a hero, and I don't like the guy, but they all love him, and I think some of the talk show people I've heard, they seem to think he's a hero. So I'm just wondering... If he has in fact done damage to the, our security, and if he's caused if he's caused our people to get killed, how can I prove it to him? Or is it, or did he? Okay, so I there's so much in what you're saying. I mean, you're getting to the whole package of what's going on here. One is I don't I don't know if he had if people can. I understand what you're saying, and I think the more if that were the real question here i think that we would have heard about it it would have been advertised and that's what would have brought him down when somebody gets killed like the guy i was talking about earlier ross albrecht had nothing to do with killing anybody but i believe he was brought down because it was alleged that his neutral web platform was used to traffic drugs and somebody did those drugs and od and that guy got two life sentences and 40 years without chance of parole based on that remote connection to killing somebody so Maybe did, maybe didn't, but if that were, that would be the central issue. But it, and, and a guy, a real great, a guy with the greatest truth star, one of the best truth star ever, nomadic everyman. He used to be American everyman until WordPress purged him and me and a bunch of other people at the same time. 
But he, I wrote the first thing he wrote on WikiLeaks from, I think it was like 10 years ago. And he said, get ready. He's going to release something. Somebody's going to get killed. They're going to shut him down. Then they're going to shut us all down. And they certainly shut us all down. I'll give him that. And, and what Nomadic Everyman was saying is spot on. That's normally how it works. But that, that's not the terrible, terrible thing that Assange did that's going to turn the world against him. Do you know what the terrible, terrible thing that hits even closer to home, Bobby, that he did that makes the world really hate him? Not you, but the, re- but the other half of the world? What's that? He got Trump elected. Well, right? That's, that. <laughs> right? That's what he's being credited he with. He probably did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what he's being credited with. And, and just having him let somebody get killed wouldn't be wouldn't hit home the way like Trump derangement syndrome or whatever really hits people in the heart. Tens of millions of people find that to be the defining crisis of their generation. Right. So, yeah. so that's why I think he plays a role. And then uh, I want just, there's one more thing that, I, that you mentioned and I want to get into is that, does he affect our national security? And I have this question for you. What, what, is, what is our national security? What is it that he could have affected? Well, to me, if, 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 if we have informants in places like Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, if, if, they are, if they're mingling in with the population and they're getting information about terrorist attacks, I mean, I couldn't go do it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a no white guy. So if I, if I'm over there, they gonna kill me. But if they got their own people over there, if we're paying them, or if they're helping us because they like us, they, they believe in America, and they're they're discovered, then they and their families are gonna be killed. Now I wouldn't, and I wouldn't be trying to help somebody. That I thought yeah. I get okay. my family killed. All right. So, so. here's here. I want to take that one step further and say, let's take Syria or Iraq. Let's let's take Iraq. Iraq was where the war was. Were we right to invade Iraq and take Hussein out? No, I don't think so. I, I think we should have gotten uh, Osama bin Laden because he's the one that attacked the United States to begin with. I think he, but and, and, or maybe this uh, religious philosophy that these people believe in. I'm not sure, but at the time, it was it was a uh, it was the Taliban that did the initial attack. I don't think. Saddam Hussein did. I think right. he probably was okay. happy to see it. I think he was happy about it, but I don't think he did it. At least I don't think he did. But, so here's uh, the thing, though. Here's what I'm trying to get at, is that our government, for reasons other than what what your, what you want them to do, which is to protect us at home, for reasons right. other than that, they do things like invade Iraq. And then right. they use that, the damage, the danger, um, the security issues, the, the quote war as an excuse to say to us, we need to have, we can't have any government transparency. We can't even tell you why, because we have all these interests out there that we're protecting and we have people in harm's way and blah, blah, blah. At what point do you get to pull that back and say, you know, we shouldn't have people's in harm's, people in harm's way in Iraq. We shouldn't have people in harm's way in Venezuela. But can I ask you this? Is it not important? I mean, you know, I, you know, the intelligence is really probably a very dirty business. I'm sure it is. And then, but is it necessary? I mean, if we got enemies overseas that want to find ways to put Syrian gas in the motor station or, 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 or bomb our malls and kill our children, if we got 
enemies over there that want to hurt us. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, I, but I'm why do they want to hurt us? Why? Why do we have enemies over there? Well, that's a good question. I guess they I used to love us. I don't, I'm not smart enough to figure that one out. I don't know. But, but this, uh, but this, it, yeah. it, it, it just seems to me like you read, I'm sure that the Russian agents and Chinese agents and even Israeli agents, I mean, we're over there, they're over here trying to get out of information. I guess it's one of those dirty games that, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, is it, I, I don't know if it's necessary, but if we, got, if we can stop terrorist, if we can stop terrorist attacks, if we can stop another 9-11, if we could save our people at home and those kind of things, I guess it's, is it the necessary evil? I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But, <laughs> no, you're uh, definitely <laughs> smart enough. I really enjoy this. and I really appreciate this conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go and I'm going to start um, exploring some of the ideas that this brings up. And this is at the heart of the Assange issue. And you talk about Russian um, agents, Chinese agents, maybe Israeli agents and uh, Muslims and all these enemies, right? The people who, uh, or operatives even, that we have to worry about. And I want to back up and say, if you, you have to really do your research, not on WikiLeaks, but you have to, you have to really cast a broad net because as Binkley was saying earlier, like they, they put bad information out there on purpose. But you have to understand, you have to decide whether you know where this stuff is all coming from. So there's plenty of uh, evidence, reports, narratives that say the Muslim Brotherhood was infiltrated by the British as early as the 30s, that they tried to take Nasser out of Egypt, that they tried to take Assad out of Syria in, in the 80s. And if you look at our behavior over there, we never take out Muslims. We support that the radical... Wahhabis in Saudi Arabia basically maybe even created that. We take out Assad, who is secular, Hussein, who is secular, Nasser, who is secular, Gaddafi, who is secular. Um, we took out the secular socialist government of Afghanistan with Al Qaeda before Russia invaded. You have to you have to dig in a little bit as to what's really going on there. And I had a caller once. I cut him short. I really wish I hadn't because I um, it was very interesting. It was from over there older guy and he said when the when the when the middle east was secularizing which they were they were they loved the united states especially under jfk and at that era they wanted to see the british colonial era behind them the other colonial eras behind them and they wanted to enter the 20th century in that way and i and i think if you do your research you'll see that we we encourage like we were behind al-qaeda and we're and the british are probably behind the muslim brotherhood because there are it's not about religion it's about something else it's about probably energy or the military industrial complex or bigger geopolitical issues or world government or whatever so you go over there and you create these problems and then you tell us because of the drug war, which is also a government-created problem. There's no war on drugs. Drugs don't have guns. The, you, you start this piracy, you know, you up the ante. Then you say, well, we need to take care of privacy. And then they say you can't encrypt your own stuff. John McAfee could take care of the privacy issue like he did the viruses, but they won't let him. They say you can't encrypt your stuff, and now we have privacy problems. So they're creating all these problems and then telling us that we need a whole new legal architecture. And I don't think they're doing it to solve the problem they started. I think they started that problem so that they could give us a new system because the system of liberty and rights and protections, the compromise that's in the 
Bill of Rights that's in the Constitution isn't working for them. It's working pretty well for them. I think they really are amassing the money and the power at the top, but they want it all. And I think that's where we're going. I have a great glossary term, an expression I coined just for just for today's show. I'm going to tell you after the break, and I'm also open to your calls and rebuttals and contributions, 800-WSB-TALK-404-872-0750, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I'll have to get to my new term after the break. I don't want to lose Dan. I want to hear what Dan has to say. Dan, you are on the air with Monica. What you got? Yeah, Monica, you got a great show, and uh, I like the way you look at things. So I, I don't believe in coincidence. So here are the string of events, and I think maybe this is where you were going, but I can't wait for you to get there. So we got the Mueller thing going on with 40 FBI agents and 19 DOJ lawyers, and they screw around with it for almost two years, and, and then we, in the midst of this, Barr gets uh, 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 appointed and uh, handpicked, if you will, and uh, so Mueller, Mueller report comes out, it's, the it summary says every, it's all benign. And all this stuff, all this dust up, uh, the, uh, was inspired, which was inspired by the Obama administration, comes up to nothing. So then he goes to HHS hearing or something. He's with Congress. So Barr's in there. He's talking about the report. And the next day, he drops the other bomb. He goes, you know what? There's been spying. Surveillance, if you will, if you like that vernacular. But it, there's been spying. And he doesn't back down. And he stays on it. And the inspector general over in Utah is looking at the same thing, and apparently some report is going to come out. Then what happens next? Assange. Right out of the blue, Ecuador drops its asylum for Assange. He gets picked up. He, he, was, he got his asylum when, uh, in the Obama administration in 12, as I recall. Uh, and, and Manning uh, got, uh, didn't get pardoned, but got, uh, the sentence was commuted. And uh, all this stuff that he has happened during the Obama administration. As you know, when he was bouncing around with the embassies, he was trying to cut a deal with what he had. And he said he would tell people what he had. So I think he's got some stuff on the Obama administration. I think the Obama administration orchestrated the asylum. All right, I got to cut you off, but I get exactly where you're going, and I'll address it after the break. I got a hard break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything she said was true. She knew. Nobody believed her. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6, and we are well uh, into this lively discussion about Julian Assange and what it all means. And uh, to the credit of the callers, I've got some great ideas coming through the pipe. And I wanted to, A, I promised, I want to address... Dan's point, Dan was the caller before the break. Uh, Let me address that first. He says that he thinks this is where I was headed, but I just wasn't getting there fast enough for him. But I was not headed there, and I'll tell you why. This is what he said. He said, it's no coincidence that Barr and Assange had these moments in the sun in the same week. I agree with that. But he said that what's going to happen is that as Barr digs into the shenanigans of the Obama administration when he tries to uncover the origin of the Trump uh, investigation, which I I personally, I mean, I'm curious to know if people really, really want to spend our time and effort. It's not that I care about Barr's money or budget or anything like that, but do we really want to have smoke and mirrors all day, every day, 24-7, the investigation, season two, uh, role reversal, you know, where Comey's on the hot seat or whatever. Do you really want that? Or do you want to talk about uh, the 
the the budget, the national debt, the North American Union that William Weld and Heidi Cruz cooked up for the CFR instead of the wall? Do you want to talk about surveillance and censorship, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, the stuff that's going away, federalizing our police and our elections? These are the things that are happening. These are the things that they're working towards. And we're going to talk about who who started it. I don't care at all. And it doesn't matter. And it's it's one thing about Trump. I was like, is he seriously adding fuel to this fire? What a waste of time and effort. So uh, so this is what Barr is talking about. And if this is the way we're headed, Dan suggested that Assange has stuff to trade in, that he was willing to trade in, that he said, uh, I read this as well, that he said if Obama pardoned Bradley Manning or Chelsea Manning and let uh, Zhur go immediately, then Assange would give up some information. But Obama didn't do it exactly the way Assange wanted. He commuted the sentence and and uh, Manning had to spend a few more months in jail. So Assange didn't give anything up. But maybe now Assange is bringing it to bar. Now, these are the kind of Easter eggs that I think are laid for us to. It's like when a bear is in the zoo, they go bananas. That actually can be just they can't sometimes they can't even handle it. One of the things that the bear, zookeepers do if my uh, my children's programming is accurate, is uh, they hide the food for the bears. So the bears have to find the food. They don't even want to eat it or they overeat it or they get mad or they get bored or whatever. They got to hide the food. This this is what I think this trail is, is like Easter eggs that you have to hunt for to keep you occupied, to think that you're finding the truth because I don't believe, I think Assange is a CIA asset. So I don't think he has anything to trade. I don't think he has to trade anything. I think it's all a show. But that doesn't mean it is. I mean, that's just what I think. So, and and furthermore, I think Dan's spot on in that I believe he did uncover where we're headed in the investigation season two. I think there's going to be a couple of Assange episodes or certainly uh, kind of bonus material that's the assange stuff in the background i do believe that so i appreciate i love the ideas i do and i don't always agree with them but i think it keeps us all thinking and i love that and uh i usually like to be wrong because i think i take the most (laughs) the most hopeless possible viewpoint which is nobody's batman and if you are batman we haven't heard of you because you're in jail somewhere so but I, but I do believe hopelessness is like despair isn't the, one of the unforgivable sins. So I really uh, cannot do that. So I, I, I do not despair. I keep trying. and I want. But I want to tell you a glossary term. I have a glossary on MonicaPereshow.com. And I just coined a phrase that I'm going to share with you. Whistleblower nullification. Now, Binkley, my producer here, is uh, I don't want to stump you. But do you think you can guess what I what I mean by whistleblower nullification? You make the whistleblower irrelevant somehow. No, because the term it's a term of art nullification, which is when like I don't believe I'm the only person I ever know, heard of who said this, but I'm sure other people have said it. But I um and maybe I did hear it and I thought it was my idea, but this idea that the Supreme Court decides whether or not Congress's laws are good are constitutional and then we all follow 
And if we don't follow, they have the Department of Justice and the FBI and everything, which were not in the Constitution, to enforce congressional laws. I think that the Supreme Court, it's not in the Constitution that they should decide whether congressional laws are legal or not. I think that what was meant and what we should have is that the states nullify congressional laws because the Constitution does not provide for domestic law enforcement mechanism. So the implication is the states have to enforce the laws. And if they don't, the laws are nullified, effectively nullified. There's an expression, jury nullification, where the jury can find that you committed the crime, but find that the crime is bad law Mm. and let you go. They're not required to convict you, even if they find that you did what you were accused of, if they find that the underlying law is unfair. Does that ever happen? Yeah. Yeah, jury nullification does happen. So... I like it. I think, and and I don't know if the judges instruct the juries that they are allowed to do that, but they are allowed to do it. So I propose whistleblower nullification as when a whistleblower, because people will say what Assange did was illegal or what Manning did was illegal. And I would say if the whistleblower st- tells information that's illegal, But the law against him telling that information is inherently wrong, and he is in a unique position to reveal that, then that should be a defense, in my opinion. And I would say that not only with the laws, but the pretexts. So we we haven't declared war. We have no declaration of war against anyone. So what what is the national security interest? Well, it's this general, all, all pervasive, don't tell the government is the is the keeper of all information, our information, their information, because the whole world is this chronic enemy. That's that's only because we're an empire, you know, that's, and this idea of American interest abroad is baloney. There's no you cannot if you want to go drill in somebody's land, you follow their laws and we've got plenty of oil. So you don't have to go invade other countries. So I think they are. Uh, that 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 this should be taken seriously. Because otherwise we're defenseless against the opaque information state. Yeah. And they want to globalize the control of that data and information, too. Oh, yeah. There was something that you were... uh, Yeah, I've got something to say about that. Why don't you give me... uh, Tell people what you're talking about, and I'll... There was a Brookings panel, the Brookings think tank, most powerful or the second most powerful in the world. Yes, or the same day that Assange was arrested, that was called the EU... United States Digital Cooperation, a common response to tech challenges. And they, they started the thing off by saying the time is now for the United States to work with the EU to become the to, so that they can together shape the global standards, because if they don't, just, you're just going to find yourself in a place of accepting of having global standards put upon you. So it almost came off as kind of a, a threat. you got to act now. And what they want is they want the United States to, um, to adopt the General Data Protection Act that the EU has implemented. The thing implemented. that makes it ask you if you accept their cookies and stuff? Yes. All right. So when that first came out, I thought, wow, maybe the EU has some vestiges of uh, protecting the people left in a way that we don't. But I'm so skeptical about that stuff. I just waited to see. And I was like, you know, but another way that this might work is if having those higher standards, whether it's self-regulating or externally regulated, if it becomes the standard, 
the incumbents, the companies that are already in place that have some staying power, some gravity, gravitas, some financing, whatever, they can, they're in a position to to make that extra investment to have privacy concerns. It's just like any regulatory thing. It's like an accounting department, a legal department, all that kind of stuff. And I used to say that about Facebook. So, so I wanted to see if in fact it, it actually deterred competition, kept little guys out, kept entrants out. And I, I, there, I think it was an article in the Wall Street Journal about it a couple of months later. It's like, oh, unintended consequences. I'm like, mm-hmm. And the same thing with Facebook. You know, if you're the number one, it's what I heard, whether it's true or not, I can't find it anymore, but the, that Marlboro lobbied to have cigarette advertising banned because they were by far, the, had the greatest market share. And mm. they knew that they, they had to spend so much money on marketing just to maintain that, that if they cut off marketing, they would benefit. And I feel like Facebook is the same way. And when I say that, that they want the regulation because it will keep people at bay and it will allow them to continue to abuse their power and there won't be any competition. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I heard Fox Business say, oh, Facebook stock is popping because with regulation comes monopoly. And I was like, what? Or oligopoly, oligopoly. Yeah, they they talk about how these standards, meeting these standards for this policy would cost millions and you have to continue to pay it because it's ongoing. So it would shut out all the smaller websites, all the smaller companies. And like you talk about a lot, only the already wealthy and powerful ones are going to be able to get by it. Yeah, that's what happens. I want to talk about, just I want to mention also that they they do two things that keep that make these problems bigger than they would otherwise be. They would not be bad if we had uh, two things that we should have our rights. One is we should be able to encrypt our stuff, but they insist on back doors. So they create the problem and we can't solve it. The private sector, like John McAfee, who solved the virus problem, could solve the privacy problem, but they're not permitted. Then uh torts and damages if somebody has uh, a attacks you and there's damages whether it's through free speech or stealing your data or whatever you have an action against that person or entity and then the government often comes in and stops that from happening so there was this big problem uh some really obnoxious people probably also some kind of cia front agitators went to iraq war funerals of the soldiers and said nasty things about them. There's supposedly an anti-war thing, and one of the fathers sued them for intentional infliction of emotional distress, which is exactly what it was. That's a tort, and he should have gotten damages for it. And the and the court said, no, that's free speech. My answer is, yeah, the limits on free speech aren't regulatory. They're damages. And then they're and then tort, our beautiful common law system, which I love, is is the way that you put those bar- that you show where that line is and people pay personally and other people see that squirrel nail to the tree and they don't do that stuff. Yeah. It's like the cry- crying fire in a crowded theater. If you ruin that guy's business, hurt people and all that, you're responsible for it. You don't have to have a law. You can't lie about fire. You are just held responsible. Yeah. Well, they talked about how the... United States, the, the First Amendment was kind of an obstacle to achieving that and that there uh, needs to be some, some stricter regulations. Right, but, they, but they, don't, they don't have to be regulations. That's the difference between the common law system and the, like the French system. Where the French system has statutes. The common law system has precedent so that you don't have to have those 
preemptive laws. But anyway, I am uh, absolutely dying to talk to Ray, who has a comment about jury nullification. I got to take a break. Just a quick one. And then we'll get back to that 800 WSB talk 404-872-0750. Hang on, Ray. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. That drop really makes me sound paranoid. I'm not paranoid. I am afraid of actual severe weather, though. So, uh, just a quick recommendation to download the free WSB radio app and turn on push notifications for... Instant severe weather alerts from the WSB Storm Center. Now, that is a valuable service right there, I think. It's free. You want that. Trust. Uh, And I want to hear what Ray has to say. Ray, you are on with Monica. Monica, don't die. They're trying to listen to me. Um, Yeah, you're right about the severe weather, and we need to all pay attention to that. It's devastating. That's a lot more home-hitting than this stuff, but, but not in the bigger picture. So what you got? Yeah, amen. Uh, jury notification. Uh, you're right on when you said what you said earlier, that uh, juries don't realize the power they have. But a lot of, yeah. persons, a lot of people don't realize that once, that's, so many people want to get out of jury duty. If they would understand the law better, they would, they would want to knock down doors and get to be a jury member because they're the ones that can uh, really set things right, that needs to be set right because, a judge is just like a referee in a, in a ball game, okay? That's all a judge is. He knows the law and is supposed to tell the jury what the laws are and what they can do. Well, if the jury finds that the district attorney or the defendant is right or wrong or did something, did or did or didn't do something, whether they did a, a tort or whatever, or a crime or whatever, then the jury has, has 12 people that can argue it out amongst them and see who prevails. If one or two decide, decide not to uh, go along with the majority, then it's a hung jury. But the judge... Oh, yeah. Just a referee. Just yeah, a every referee single individual juror has that power now that you mention it. Exactly. People don't realize that. And they just they, they're going to stay away I didn't from realize the law. I mean, I realize it, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that the jury, one of the founders, and I think Winston Churchill also said that the most important thing about uh, the most the most critical safeguard is this jury trial, which is why I no longer, I'm waiting for someone to tell me why I'm wrong here, but I don't believe in plea bargains. I think they're a moral hazard. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that and give you a Lori Lachlan update. Just derail for a sec, and then we'll get back on track after the break. This is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.